1: We're back. The podcast still exists. How about that? All it took was football season to start. Pretty interesting. All right. Well, we got some uh, some new stuff here. We got some new equipment, uh, new microphones, new podcast mixer. Going to be doing this out of my basement instead of the uh, the studio downtown. Just kind of make things a little easier. And uh, got some cool stuff on this thing. I can uh, I can do some Bluetooth. I can do some phone calls. Um, Got some little buttons on the side to push to make funny noises if we feel so inclined. Um, But the biggest news has to be the return of the co-host, Mr. Josh Goldberg. Got him on the line here. Josh, what's up, man?
0: How are you? Thanks for spending all this money so we can do this very, very excessively.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll give this a shot here uh, over the phone and and see how it works and you know hopefully sure it's hopefully it's a good deal and you know if you can't make it in person or you know we can at least uh, we can at least get something out there once a week so
0: yeah and who knows if you get bored with me you can call some other guest like B or uh, Warner and you guys can just BS for a while if I'm not available so this this has a lot of possibilities for you to reach a lot of different people if you're just bored and want to lay something down.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's, uh, it's been a while. So let's, uh, let's hop right into this. We've, okay, you know, the summer's been kind of dragging on. Uh, there hasn't been a ton of stuff going on, especially kind of since the NBA season ended in, in June. Um, football's back. Uh, we got college football starting this weekend, kind of in full force. We got the NFL about a week and a half away, but, uh, we got to start with the biggest news which is uh the the shocking retirement of Andrew luck um kind of give me your give me give me your initial thoughts kind of where were you when you heard it and uh kind of what did you think
0: <laughs> what is just like JFK getting shot where <laughs> were you when Andrew luck retired um I don't even remember all I I think I was watching TV at some point and then it flashed on the on the big on the on the ticker down down below and I just kind of stared at it and I went, what? And I, I guess my initial impression was that I, I wasn't really surprised because the guy has had more long-term injuries than I can remember and compare to anybody else that's been in the league that long and is still in the league. So, I mean, my initial impression was, okay, crap timing for the team because the season starts in two weeks. But at the same time, the dude might have just gotten tired of rehabbing only to get hurt and coming back and then getting hurt and then coming. So, I mean, I don't really blame him. I know there's a lot of different opinions about timing and leaving your teammates hanging and your team and all that. But it's like that's what the guy wants to do, and he's comfortable leaving the money behind and he thinks that he doesn't need it. More power to him, I guess. He doesn't really owe anybody anything. Um, in 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 my opinion i i don't
1: know yeah i mean I, I agree with you just you know just in terms of of personal health i guess you know you, you when you have those that many injuries and and the severity the, that he had with the torn labrum the lacerated kidney the the torn cartilage in the rib um you know we we as the as fans and as the public we don't know um what kind of rehab he had to go through with that what kind of Pain medication was he on? You know, did he have any kind of side effects from that? Was there an addiction issue? Did he? Was it just made him feel like crap? I mean, um, I I don't necessarily judge him or or think any less of him for walking away from football because obviously, you know, that's a personal decision and only he knows how his body feels. But man, I don't know. He uh, the timing was not good for uh, for the NFL. For his teammates, for the Colts, and um, obviously for their fan base, because once you know, once these guys found out, they find out, the fans find out at the Colts Bears game during right. the game in the stands, everybody's phones are blowing up, and as he walks off the field, some of the fans booed him. And it's kind of the last couple of days have kind of been a referendum on Colts fans, which I think is a little unfair. Um, but what what do you think?
0: I mean, I think it's uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a low blow. But on the other hand, the fans pay money. I mean, Spanish short for fanatic. Would it be something that I personally do? Probably not. I mean, there's been comparisons on Twitter in the last 24 hours from various people about. Fans booing Rodgers when he replaced Favre, when he didn't really do anything other than just get drafted and was the next guy in line to replace, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the franchise. So I mean, like, I don't, I think that's more of an apples to oranges comparison, but it's, it's the same thing. The guy didn't really do anything to deserve getting booed, and fans are still booing him. Um, and I think it's probably just a gut reaction. Like they want success for their team. They're hoping for a decent season. They're thinking this guy's maybe going to finally be able to put in a full year. And now, Oh, look, he's injured again. Oh, and now he, we're never going to see him again. And he's done. And it. it really puts them in a tight spot. So, I mean, again, personally, I probably wouldn't do it. I just be like, wow, that sucks. I mean, my first instinct is to feel bad for the guy. I mean, the guy's been hurt more than half of his career. It seems like. So, is me booing kind of going to pile on at this point? I mean, the guy, it's not like the guy is happy about this. He, why he needs to walk away from the game for the stability of his physical and mental well-being. So, I mean, it's, its you know, I mean, it's not like a decision I'm sure came real easy to him. And what's my booing going to do anything about that? And people are burning jerseys. I just don't That's understand. It, it's just a yeah, I mean, it's just another fan thing. If you want to do it, fine. That's your right. Uh, I, I'm not gonna, you know, condone, criticize, whatever. I personally, that's a little bit heavy for me. Um, but I mean, I can understand why people would do it because fans are nuts, but for me, it's just not something that I would personally choose
1: to do. Well, it's, it's, it's almost like a, you know, it's a visceral reaction to bad news. I mean, no, nobody ever gets bad news and goes, Oh, okay. Okay. Hope they hope it works out. You know, there's always going to be a little bit more of a, you know, reaction, especially from a fan base that you know has gone through a lot with him the last couple years. You know, being a, a team that was uh, supposedly on the rise, they they had to they had to watch Peyton Manning go to Denver and 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 win a mm-hmm. title. Um, Luck was supposed to be the guy that was going to be this new era of Colts football, and you know. You're right. You know, fan is short for fanatic. And and the people in the media that have been hypercritical of of Colts fans, it's kind of like they forget, you know, fans that they spend a lot of money. So you've probably got a lot of people in the stands that spent thousands of dollars on season tickets this year thinking that he was going to be there. Um, And you've got, you know, just the... You know the emotion, especially in football. Football seems to be a, a a real die-hard sport, more so than baseball and basketball. And you know when you put that much of yourself as a fan into the team, and you're loyal to the team because the team ninety-nine point nine percent of the time isn't going to go anywhere. You know players come and go, and I, I guess I can understand your immediate reaction being like, well, this guy quit on us. He's screwing us over. What the hell? Um, Mm -hmm. you know, but I, I thought it was interesting. Rogers was quoted as he called it disgusting,
0: disgusting. And, and,
1: and maybe, maybe that's like you say, maybe that's a little bit of, um, remembering what that felt like from his perspective. Um, you know, when he got booed for replacing Favre. I mean, like you say, it, it is apples and oranges, but, um, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, as a fan, you know, all we ever hear now, it's so player friendly from the media now, whether it's, Mm -hmm. you know, LeBron going to the Lakers or Anthony Davis demanding a trade or luck retiring, whatever it is. And, you know, 20, 25 years ago when Barry Sanders did this, he got torn up, you know, and. I think Rob Parker was telling a story on Cowherd today that Barry Sanders went to a Piston game with his son like two years afterward, and they put him up on the big screen and they were still killing him, still booing him, you know. So it's just one of those things where, you know, yes, as a player, you are certainly entitled to do what you want to do. If if retiring is the best for you or if you want to go to a different team, that is your right. But, you know, I guess as a fan, it's kind of the fan's right to have a reaction to that too, right?
0: right and i saw that uh, today people were actually starting to call the colts offices and demand their money back for their season tickets and i mean as a fan i, I don't think you know the, the media really understands the commitment that the fan has i mean they it costs a lot of money a lot these of, days money. A lot to of go, money to go to go to a game buy tickets do concessions pay for parking do all this stuff and i mean essentially these are the people that are paying your bills. They're watching at home. They're helping with that revenue sharing from, from your T V deals. So I mean these are the these are the people that are your fan base and are helping funnel money into the organization that your team is a part of and ultimately helping pay your player salaries. So I mean just to really dismiss that as, as rude or uncalled for or whatever I'm, I, I you know I, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle whereas I'm not necessarily going to condone that behavior but I don't think it should be dismissed and it's not their right to do that and they should be crushed for it I mean you know you mentioned Barry Sanders I mean the same thing happened to Calvin Johnson you right. just up and said I've had enough um, I, I mean and he's he's an old you know those are two guys Sanders and Johnson who probably had some more years to give but they just decided to um, walk away from it. I mean, I read what I saw the headline. I haven't read the story uh, yet today that Gronkowski said that football was dragging him down. So, I mean, and he, and he wasn't even 30 when he retired. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you, you know, now you get these guys. And I think football is different from a lot of different sports because physically the lifespan of a player in the league is not that long. And for the guys that do stay in there, they physically kill themselves. I mean, they batter their bodies and yes, they are paid well for it, but I don't, Really think it should be up to us um, to say who should be in the league for a certain number of years because uh, it, you know, is a good measuring stick of our happiness. I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, now you've got guys like former fullback, I think is is it LeRon McLean? I, I can't mm-hmm. remember his first name, but he's coming out now saying he's having start to have head issues from all these concussions when he was in the league so much, and he's asking for help. And it, it came out right at the same time that Luck is getting killed for this. So now you get that end of it. And now people are going, and I get, you know, Luck's not had the, the headshots that a fullback has had for a number of years, obviously. But it kind of puts things into, into perspective. For me, it's like, well, why should I be mad when this guy is probably going to have some sort of, yeah, he's not going to have to worry about money for the rest of his life, but he's going to have to worry about whether his body works over the next you know, 20, 30, 40 years.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, and quarterbacks are just, they're held to a higher standard than every other player in football because they mean the most, especially the great ones. Um, you know, and I think that's probably part of the reason why Colts fans are so pissed off is because it's like, okay, well, you know, you're supposed to be our savior. You've been hurt all the time. You've never really reached the potential that we were told you were going to take us to. And now you're just walking away. Um, so, I, you know, again, I, I understand the reaction. But, you know, you also got to remember this dude's given up probably $100 million, you know, if he mm-hmm. if, if he played another 10 years and made it to 37, 38. Um, you know, and I think I think a guy like Tom Brady, uh, a guy like Favre, um, even you know Roethlisberger, Rodgers, these guys that are playing now into their late thirties and forties, it's kind of spoiled fans a little bit. Where it's like, I think that you're expected to play that long if you're a great player now. When I don't know mm-hmm. that that's a realistic thing because you know all these guys are different. If Rodgers breaks his collarbone again in week one. And they have to go in and cut him open, and they have to put more screws and more plates in, and this and that. And he just said at the end of the year, "I can't do this anymore." I wouldn't blame him. I wouldn't kill him. No, you know, and
0: and, and it it seems like to me, fans are also like you mentioned. Quarterbacks are held to a higher standard. It also seems like fans really um, don't distinguish between the positions. They think that everybody can do it for a you know for a certain number of of years and and a lifespan as you know, a linebacker should be as long as a career lifespan of a quarterback when that's just not the case. Because, I mean, for how quarterbacks are protected right now, they're also the most important guy on the field. So, I mean, if you can't function back there with your head or uh, physically, then you just plain shouldn't be out there.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I think at the end of the day, um, it, it it is a selfish decision by Andrew Luck, but that's not a bad thing. He he needs, no. especially when it comes to football. I think you know these guys. When 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 it's time, it's time. I've heard, you know, I've listened and watched a lot of shows the last couple days, and listened to former players, and you know, most of them say, you know, you, you just know. Um, I, I think the most tragic part about the whole thing is that Captain Andrew Luck is going <laughs> to be no longer on Twitter which if anybody has ever <laughs> followed that Twitter account, Captain Andrew Luck, it might be the funniest thing that you will read during the football season. It's uh, yeah, it, and it's, I, it's, it's, a, I, it's a parody account of Luck as like a Civil War soldier. <laughs> it's well, it's and, quite and funny. I think
0: I, did, did I see a Patrick Mahomes parody account from that as well? That said the guy that I enjoyed um, going to war against has, you know, slung his rifle or something like that. So I'm going to put away my pistol and we will no longer be dueling or something like Got that. So I, I hope I, I hope so. That was, that, that was pretty funny, but I hope for, for somebody in the league that's going to be around for a while that, that um, somebody picks that up with somebody else because that that's a very creative and witty mind for whoever's behind that.
1: So there, there's there been a lot of talk of, you know, is this the most shocking uh, retirement of all time, which obviously it's not. Um, you know, it, it's it's surprising, but you know, I, I got a list here of a couple of guys just to run through that. You know, I think were a lot more shocking and probably much more impactful to their to their sport than Andrew Luck. You know, when when Magic got HIV in ninety one, uh, Jordan retiring after his first three in ninety three. You know, when Jim Brown retired in in the sixties, people were. Really pissed off at him, especially African American people, because he basically wanted to go make movies to make more money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Barry, Hollywood, yeah, the Hollywood guy, absolutely. Um, you know, Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson, we we talked about. Um, you know, and and basically they quit because they were on a dumpster fire of a franchise in Detroit, and, and they just right, I, that, I, they got tired of going five better. and eleven. You know. And uh, and then of course my bears had Gale Sayers, which was was an injury one, but I think he retired at like twenty seven, something like that. Um, so yeah, everybody needs to just kind of take take a step back. It's not quite as as jarring if, if you give it mm-hmm. a little time to breathe and you, and you think about it. Um, but what do, no, you, do, I, do you I, think I, is this is this a new trend? I mean, we got luck, I, I we mean, got I luck and Gronk.
0: Right. I mean, with the latest one being Gronk, who, you know, for all intents and purposes was a lot healthier than luck at the time of his retirement, um, and not yet 30, uh, either, but he made a boatload of money. And I think now with all the, the things that some of these younger players are seeing with a lot of guys that are suffering, um, well past their, their retirement days, I think they want to do as little damage to their bodies as possible. Get their money. Their financial people can say you got plenty to live on and pass down to your kids, kids, or you know something like that. Um, you'll be fine. And I don't know. Maybe maybe it's not as much of a passion for some of these younger guys as it was the older guys. Maybe it's just a job. They go in. They try to get to retirement age where they can do it comfortably, and they sail out with no regrets. So. I don't know if it's a trend as much as it might start to be a generational thing. I think so. Um, and, and I, I think I, the money, I think,
1: know, I, like you said, these guys are now making so much money that if you're 29, 28, 29 years old, like Gronk and, and uh, Luck, these guys have got 70 to to $100 million in the bank. You know, it's like, how much do they really need? Mm-hmm. You know?
0: Yeah. No, that's it. I, and I, so I, I think probably from here on out, you're going to see a lot A lot of guys come into the league and see the blueprints, whether it's mostly due to injury and Lux case, Gronk, he's been on and off, but he's still young. And, and they see this and they're like, okay, well, I need a few more years, another big contract. And yeah, if I win a couple games, great. If my team doesn't improve, it's more motivation to get, either get traded or get the hell out.
1: Right, right. Well, here's a question for you that, that you can certainly answer better than I can since you're, you know, your full-time job is in the media business. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen and heard some people giving uh, some shit to Adam Schefter for him releasing the information of the retirement during the game before the Colts or Andrew Luck were able to get out in front of it. Obviously that would mean probably somebody within the Colts organization leaked that information to Schefter. Uh, but w- what, you know, what is the media obligation in that regard? Does, does Schefter just have to not worry about the repercussions of that later down the road for maybe him and his relationship with the team? Does he just need to get the information out to everybody or, or, Or is it common courtesy maybe to allow a player or an organization to kind of get out in front of something that's, it's not necessarily like a scandalous thing, but it is obviously a huge story.
0: Well, I think there's a couple of different uh, angles to that. Um, He had the information, and even if he wanted to do a solid to Luck and the Colts, um, there's the possibility that somebody else would get a hold of it and they would beat him to the punch. And then his bosses would probably wonder if they knew that he had it first, why he didn't do anything. So I'm, I'm sure there's a, there's a little bit of uh, pressure in your position to be the first because, I mean, if we've seen anything in this age of social media, um, the race to the, to the finish line for a lot of these guys to break news and who can get there first. Um, that kind of rules all, it doesn't matter if you have, if it's a professional thing, there's no courtesy involved there. I mean, that is all out the window. If you get a piece of this, um, I mean, I've had a couple of situations on a local level where I've had things and I've been asked not to just for trusty purposes. And because I want to maintain a good relationship with people and it wouldn't be hugely detrimental. I mean, let's face it. I mean, in Rock County, is there going to be such a, a a huge thing if if somebody doesn't report something that comes out a couple of days later? I right. mean, it's not like it's going to give me a bonus. It's not like it's going to give me a promotion. Schefter's already established. It's not like he's going to you know ruin his reputation over this, or people are now not going to talk to him because he's um, you know violated something or pissed the team off or a player off. I mean. And and when it just comes down to it, the guy was just doing his job. I mean, that's part of what this job is about. Unfortunately, it it might not be totally ugly, but it might be unpleasant. Um, so, I mean, there's there's there, there's a lot of different factors. I don't fault him for doing it. Um, I'm glad I wasn't in that position because I don't know how how I would react um, because that's not why I got into this business. Sure, to you know, be be the guy that that breaks the news and. Has the first thing, and oh well, if he has it. then it's got to be true. I, you know, that's not what I got into it, but now he's in that position, like it or not, so he's kind of bound to behave a certain way. And that's one of the cases where it it might just be a little bit uncomfortable.
1: Sure, okay, well, that's an interesting perspective. Um, well, a couple things before we wrap up with this luck thing. I, I did a little little research today, and um, okay. I looked at the Colts, the Packers, and the Patriots. Um, as kind of the three teams of the last 20 to 25 years that have had a, a pretty uh, spectacular quarterback run. And uh, I just wanted to throw a couple of stats out here and just kind of get your thoughts. So if you look at the Colts, starting in 1998, when Peyton Manning was drafted up through uh, the 2018 season, so a 20-year run with, the, with Manning and Luck, you got five MVPs, all Manning's, two Super Bowl appearances, both Mannings and one title out of Manning. So not much to speak of for Andrew Luck, which, you know, uh, be interesting to see how he's remembered in about 10 years down the road as uh, as kind of a, a high level quarterback or not.
0: Yeah, I, I know. Said I was seeing some talk on Twitter from some of the Chicago guys and even some guys in Milwaukee about whether he's a Hall of Famer, and I, I don't see any reason why he would be.
1: No. Um, Packers, from 92 to 2018, the Favre-Rodgers era, you've got five MVPs, three from Favre, two from Rodgers, three Super Bowl appearances, two from Favre, one from Rodgers, and then they each have the one title. And then lastly, the Patriots, from 93 to 2018, which is a blood brady era, Three MVPs, all Brady. Ten Super Bowls, nine Brady, one Bledsoe, and then, of course, Brady with the six titles. So, um, Yeah,
0: I mean, Brady obviously not putting up monster numbers in the regular season, but the dude gets it done when it counts, and he has help from his coaching staff and his roster of guys that seem to be built just perfectly to win when it counts.
1: For sure. All right, well, let's move on to – some uh, some local or more local teams uh Aaron, Rod- Aaron rodgers yet to play in the preseason um not that shocking um I I think I for the is most it, part agree with it um
0: is it is it that shocking I mean because, I, I don't I mean, think
1: I, so do you I don't know
0: well uh, I mean the Winnipeg thing oh what it, what, it, what, field an, conditions? what an
1: embarrassment yeah. what the hell yeah. was that
0: I don't, that's, I mean, you know, I've, I I hesitate to overuse the term because it seems like it applies to everything nowadays, but that was a certified clown show in there on how the NFL and the CFL couldn't get together and figure out how to do a field better than 24 hours before the game that didn't require the alterations that it had. But the word is that he was dressed and he was going to play. Now, you can't say that he wasn't, so maybe he would have played a series, maybe he would have played a quarter um, and then his back tightened up, which seemed convenient. And obviously nobody plays in the final exhibition game because they're trying to figure out who they need on the 53 man roster. But I don't know. I mean, I have this conversation with, with, um, my co-host Begs um, off air in the morning sometimes when it's just, I mean, especially when you've got a new offense and, and again, I clearly, I don't have the NFL acumen that a lot of people do. I'm not a former player. I'm not a coach. So I, I don't know how accurate this is, but. It just seems to me that a couple of practices against the Texans and then playing against your own guys in a new offense, no matter how vanilla things are, if you were to get in an exhibition game, does not properly simulate what you're going to be looking at come the regular season. And I just don't think you can, um, you know, uh, replicate that speed and that sort of stuff. In practice, that you're going to see in Week One, especially against the Bears' defense, so right?
1: Yeah, you can't really for, you can't really simulate uh, Khalil Mack coming off the edge and Akeem Hicks right. barreling down the middle. You can't really simulate that. So simulate that with your so, third stringers, you know?
0: No, and so what? I mean, what he's saying is that these practices are valuable. They have the speed. They learn the offense. They do this, and it makes them ready. And I, I mean, he, you got to take him at his word, but I guess as a fan. I just wonder whether that's that kind of stuff because he's played less and less and less and the Packers have had slow starts out of the gate the last couple of seasons before they finally catch fire. So I'm wondering if those somehow are not connected or related and whether or not this is going to be a giant mistake, especially with a new coach who's installing a new offense. Do I, Does that mean I want to see him in there with the possibility of getting hurt? No, absolutely not. It's a double-edged sword. But I know going in fresh without having any snaps against a a jersey of a different color, it, it just doesn't sit well with me. Now, him getting hurt and lost for half the season doesn't either, obviously. So I don't know what the solution is, but I don't think this is a proper one.
1: Put the quarterbacks in a red jersey in all preseason games. That's my solution. You want to still have the games, you it. want these guys to play, you want the fans to pay full price, and and they want to see the stars. Then put the quarterbacks in red jerseys. I mean, I don't understand why a D lineman needs to actually tackle the quarterback in an exhibition game. I think just getting right. there is enough evaluation as it is. Um, Blow the
0: play dead like you do in practice. Absolutely. If you get to absolutely okay.
1: well uh, what do you think I mean they, they had a couple injury scares um, the other day up in up in Canada uh, they had a pretty big roster move with with getting rid of one of their uh, top draft picks from uh, a couple of years ago as well
0: yeah the the Jones thing I mean that that is a, again the the last gasp of a Ted Thompson last couple of years in his um, reign as general manager kind of mistake kind of thing that they're just now getting rid of it's it was kind of writing on the wall that uh, Mike Pettin didn't really believe in him or didn't think he belonged in his defense, you know. You know and and I, the reports were that they were going to use an inside linebacker in some of their uh, hybrid packages and whatnot. And it, it's just funny that now Oren Burks is slightly torn his pectoral muscle and they might be starting some rookies depending on who they pick up from the scrap heap now that guys are getting released close to cut down day. And they have needed inside of linebacker and they let this guy go. Mm-hmm. Whether he could have filled, filled that position, I have no idea. But um, yeah, um, I, the injuries, ev- everybody's injured. I, I think this has been a, a fairly okay camp. Um, I mean, we'll see if Jimmy Graham's broken finger allows him to re- rediscover a little speed down the field. I mean, obviously, that's said that tongue in cheek because I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, but yeah. Um, other than that, it's. The running backs kind of concern me. They've had hamstring issues with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams for all of training camp. And Jones was set to play last week. And now uh, he's not going to play on Thursday. So Jamal Williams has still got some hamstring tight. So, I mean, I don't know. You've got now potentially two or three of your starters that basically just aren't going to see any action in some of the most pivotal positions in that offense. But as far as big time injuries I think they have pretty much come out of the preseason um unscathed where it counts
1: how about the defense I mean what do you are, are you are you encouraged by what you've seen or do you not put a lot of stock in anything yet or um can you well, even can you even you're, you're, tell much yet I don't
0: think so I mean you you couple that back to the injury thing and you had Kevin King who was supposed to have been one of your um, two starting corners this year. He can't stay on the field again. This is becoming a little bit of a pattern, and I think if you see him go through another year suffering a bunch of injuries, I think this is another good situation where you're just going to have see the team cut the cord. I mean, You're going to start a rookie at one of the safety positions. Um, you've got Amos coming in. You've got Jairi Alexander, who looks really good. Uh, the outside linebackers, Rashawn Gary hasn't seen anything. He just got an injury scare, but mm-hmm. he looks like he should be fine um the Darius Smith you keep reading that he's going to be awesome you got Preston Smith inside linebacker is thin but the, the strength seems to be the front three or the front four depending on how many guys they put down there um but er- everything that I've been reading and I don't know how much you can trust the beat writers to remain neutral but they talk about how much improved all these guys will are how much speed there is how much better the defense is going to be and I guess I'm just not I'm just not eating that up. I'm, I'm a, you know, you got to prove it to me kind of guy before I believe anything.
1: Well, I'm kind of in the same boat with my bears. Um, Okay. You know, I, I, I haven't really, I don't really pay much attention and watch much preseason games. I've read a little bit, Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of coach speak coming out of Nagy, you know, Trubisky's making strides, this and that. Um, I, I, I'm, I am, encouraged by what i am hearing out of the running back position it sounds like this uh david Montgomery kid they drafted is uh probably going to start for them as their as their mm-hmm. lead guy just you know you just can't you can't be handing the ball off to 5 foot 6 tariq cohen you know 15 <laughs> 20 times a game he's going to get killed um you know it's it's going to be really interesting to see what happens to the bears wow. offensively obviously they're going to have you know health Obviously, being a factor, but all things considered, probably a top five defense in the league again, and um, you know you're going to have a rookie running back. You've you've got a, a wide receiver in Anthony Miller who's already been banged up pretty much the entire preseason, has hardly even participated. Um, so you're a little behind the eight ball there. Trey Burton, the tight end, who missed the end of last season with a sports hernia, he hasn't done much to start this year. Um, so I'm I'm not feeling real good about the Bears offensively. Um, But at the end of the day, and we talked about it many, many times last year, we got to see what happens with Trubisky and and is he able to kind of make that next step?
0: So, yeah, that's what I, I thought it was really interesting that I've seen. Is is Trubisky drawing the second most bets in Vegas for NFL MVP? Yes. Did I read that right? Yes. I, I don't understand. That seems like, I mean, don't get me wrong, an important uh, piece in the Matt Nagy offense, but he's not exactly going to be expected to put up monster numbers um, for what Nagy wants him to do. And I don't know that he can take as giant a step as we saw last week to now all of a sudden be put in MVP conversation when the strength of your team is clearly the defense.
1: Well, that's just it. I mean, if they go 13-3... and I would think that Khalil Mack would have more MVP consideration oh, than right. Trubisky, unless Trubisky just absolutely goes nuts and throws for throws forty touchdowns or something. But I, I just I would be shocked, you All know. Right. And and, and so if, he did, I'm, I'm, I'm totally if he did, if he did throw, you. if he did throw forty touchdowns, are they going to go for two every time? Because what the hell is going on <laughs> with this kicking situation down there? I I am no, and befuddled befuddled.
0: Today, I mean, I know, and I, I haven't been keeping up with the Bears kicking situation. Which guy did they release, Pinero or Fry?
1: I think Fry, I think.
0: Okay, I, I don't even know if that's right, but I thought it was really interesting that a lot of people were talking today, earlier this afternoon, um, that uh, is it likely because it seems like the teams in the NFC North like to poach some of the Packers, is Sam Thicken or Mason Crosby, whichever one gets released in the fifty-three man cutdown, is he the Bears' kicker week one against Green Bay?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that. I don't know that they know. <laughs> and that's the oh, co- no, that's the con- not, you know I- that's the concerning part is like you know we're we're a week away or about what ten days away from opening night, and I'm not sure that if yet you know, like you said, like if the Packers, there was some talk about the Packers cutting Crosby, like you said. I think they'd pick him up,
0: right? No, why not? No, but what do you have to lose? Are you going to go with an unproven guy or a guy who actually had a pretty good year last year, save for one game where he missed, I think, three?
1: Yeah, yeah I don't know.
0: So I don't know. Game, you know, season starts in a couple of weeks. I'll be really answer I'm not going to put a lot of stock into the preseason game. I'll, I will be kind of curious to see what the roster looks like after you know three, four o'clock, whenever the deadline is on Saturday to get down to fifty three.
1: Well, college football, like I said, is kind of kicking into full force this weekend. Um, do, do you have any thoughts on the Badgers Friday night? Do you know much about South Florida? I mean, kind of. Do you have uh, uh, expectations for the season for Bucky?
0: Well, I mean, they got they're facing a, a Charlie Strong team. They're pretty good and dynamic offensively in South Florida. The Badgers don't have as good a defense as they had in in previous years. They actually have a decent defensive line now. Um, The inside linebackers are largely uh, unproven. They got a couple of returning outside rush guys. Secondary is kind of going to be up and down. But um, I I, I I said this on the air the other day about Jack Cohn. He just doesn't get me really pumped up about leading the offense with Jonathan Taylor, a revamped offensive line, and one of the best receiver crops I think that we've seen in Madison in the last decade. Um, so I mean, is, is Cohn going to be the guy that's going to be able to throw downfield and, and have a balanced offense and not throw the interceptions that kill you? I think this is going to be a, a season of let's just see what we got and see what happens because you've got now a first year starter. You got a guy that everybody has wanted to see in Graham Mertz, who from everything that I've read didn't necessarily even beat out Chase Wolf as the backup guy. They're listed as, as co backups. You know, the most interesting thing to me is the local level is that, you know, the, the Craig Brad Keanu Benton is, thanks to injuries, um, on the two deep at nose tackle. So he's he, he's your backup nose tackle behind Bryson Williams, and I'm really curious to see whether he gets on the field during the season.
1: Yeah, what did I see the other day? He put on, like, 50-some pounds already since he's, yeah. since he's been yep. to Madison in the, this, this summer. So, yeah, it'd be pretty cool to see him be able to get out and play. I mean, you know, uh, t- true freshman uh, down linemen on the on the defensive side, you don't see that a lot. So it would be interesting mm-hmm. to see kind of how he how he would perform in that situation.
0: Yeah, and and what I I was tweeted back at by um, the Journal Sentinel uh, guy Patricus, where I was curious to see whether we'd see Benton on Friday night, and it didn't sound like they're going to use a lot of nose tackle against that offense. So let alone seeing Williams on the field, you probably wouldn't even see Benton necessarily, and unless it was, you know, a dire emergency, but you know, I'll still, I'll still try and watch and see if he gets a snap or two.
1: All right, let's move on to a little baseball. Uh, even though I don't really want to, um,
0: no, we can plow through this pretty
1: quick. (laughs) Yeah. Brewers are 67 and 64, five and a half games out of the central right now in third place, uh, two and a half games out of the second wild card currently. Um, the pitching has uh, been as inconsistent and pretty much uh, bad uh, this last week as it's been all summer. Um, you know, I was thinking about it today. I'm not sure what would be worse. I'm not sure if it's worse to be a Brewer fan and have this collection of bargain bin pitchers um, that, that just have no consistency at all or if it's worse to be a Cub fan and have th- three or four guys that you're paying about $25 a piece to who aren't any better. I don't know what right. is worse.
0: Well, I think with the high, I mean, both teams had high expectations, but I think with the pitching staff, I mean, this was not the plan coming into the season. I mean, you you had these young arms that, that David Stearns was expecting to, you know, really take a giant leap forward, and now we've seen him bounce back and forth between AAA and double-A AA and the injured list. So, I mean, <laughs> It's not like this was this was the setup that we're just going to patch some holes. I mean, they were counting on some of these young flame throwing arms to really step it up this season, and it just hasn't happened. And this is the result: injuries hit; these guys can't do anything, so you need to go out and just get a bunch of band aids. And hopefully, your offense, which was supposed to be the strength of the team coming in, can you know pick up the slack. And you've seen lately that have just haven't been scoring any runs, right? So, I mean. Things have just not gone according to plan this season. I think in any scope except for Christian Yelich tearing the cover off the ball.
1: Yeah, and you know, and the other day we see Chris uh, Ulysses Chassin is released. He was, uh, yeah. he, you know, he starts Game Seven of the NLCS. He's the opening day starter. He gets released. Um, you know, and and I've I've talked to a lot of people this summer. I, I'm not a hundred percent on board with the Brewers' kind of organizational philosophy. Um, they're they're very stat heavy. They run a lot of simulations uh, up up in the up in the GM's office. That they kind of dictates um, what their lineup is going to be on a certain night based on trends and and past you know past performance against certain pitchers. And I, I understand that you know you do need to do that to a point. Um, I think we're seeing not just with the Brewers but with a lot of teams a little bit too much of an over reliance on that. Uh, I mean. You know uh you look at their lineup tonight and you're in a pennant race and it's uh, the last week of August, and you're starting three guys tonight who a month and a half ago were playing in San Antonio for the triple A team. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, it's it, it seemed like coming in when David Sterns thing got off to a good start and he was able to find some of these bargain bin guys and some of the some of the young guys he started to trade for really started to work out they didn't give up a whole lot in terms of getting superstars back and you're like okay this is off and running but now it seems like when push comes to shove and you really see some holes in things and you're seeing what kind of depth the team has and what their availability is at some of the lower levels you just wonder if if that's part of the plan that he either prepared for and did it badly or just completely overlooked and didn't
1: anticipate happening. You know, I've 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 kind of coined this term. I, I compare it to my love life. Uh the the Brewers this year oh, have great. been they've been consistently inconsistent. And uh-huh. uh, I saw Adam Mccalvey tweet something yesterday where uh, going into last night's game, the Brewers were 5 and 5 in their last 10, 10 and 10 in their last 20, 20 and 20 in their <laughs> last 40 and 25 and 25 in their last 50. I mean, if that doesn't no scream way. mediocrity, I don't know yeah, what no, does. You know, yep. um, that's, so that's I, I I think that we're going to see massive roster turnover going into next year. Um, I think they are going to have to go out and spend some money on some pitching. And, and I'm not talking about, you know, spending $30 million to go out and try to sign a Scherzer or something. But, you know, right. you can't be letting Wade Miley walk away for $4 million. Um, you know, they, right. they, that, that
0: they, seems like a really penny pinching, cost cutting move. Well, right, you know, when I mean, when when you compare the whole thing.
1: Well, and, and if if you're a a Brewer defender, which normally we are, but if you're yeah. a Brewer defender, you would say, well, look, they spent $10 million on Mustakas and they spent $20 million on Grandal. And it's like, yes, that's true. But when I walked out of Miller Park last October when they lost in Game 7 to the Dodgers, the, I was not thinking to myself, you know what? They would have won this series if they had a catcher who hit a little better. Right. I was thinking they ran out of pitching, they were trying mm-hmm. to have six-inning bullpen games, and these guys just wore yep. down, and we've kind of seen that mm-hmm. this year with, with Knable getting hurt, Jeffress has not been the same guy, Hayter hasn't been the same guy, especially in the second half. So I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the offseason. I know there's still a month left, and you know crazier things have happened. They could go... 22 and 10 the rest of the way and, and make the playoffs. I doubt it, but it could happen.
0: It could because I've seen a lot of tweets in the last week or so that, you know, they were at the same, same place at the same time last year. And, you know, the Cubs tanked and then they were in a race with the Cardinals when the Brewers got hot and then they were able to, you know, edge them out. So, I mean, it's like, you know, that, that's that's a possibility but it just seems like a way different team and not enough good pieces to pull this out, especially when, when, when you're going to get started, you know, this is a, this is a critical week because you've got the two teams above you in the Cardinals and the Cubs, and they started out by getting absolutely throttled on Monday.
1: Yeah. Next Monday, we're going to kind of know, you know, they, they could be eight back you know right. or they could be or they could be a game and a half back so it, it's like yeah the next the next 4 or 5 nights are uh, kind of going to tell us how the season plays out um mm-hmm. last thing i wanted to hit with the uh, with baseball did you did you watch these games this weekend what the hell was up with those <laughs> uniforms that was no, the dumbest thing I've ever, white on white, like you couldn't read anything. Yep. I heard Kornheiser no. today, he said he was watching the Cubs-Nats game. He said Joe Madden. It looked he looked like a milkman from the 1950s. I mean, <laughs> like who the hell signed off on that and thought those were a good idea?
0: Well, you get these guys that all they want to do is, is sell extra merchandise, so they create these uniform weekends that people can look at and say, oh, that's cool, and that's a one-time thing. So I want to be part of that. And I got extra money to spend. I mean, it's, it's not about anything other than trying to sell extra merchandise. I love the so, brewer uh,
1: ones I, last year The with the, they had, you know, the blue top with like the yellow sleeves. I thought those were cool. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's, it's just a matter of who exactly is making that decision and whether it's a good one. A blind lately, man,
1: a blind man made the decision. <laughs>
0: These things seem to these things seem to get overthought a little bit, and I, I didn't watch much baseball. I watched a bunch of highlights Monday morning, and without having read anything, I just went, "Okay, well, if you can't read anything, if you didn't see the if you didn't see the little you know score ticker in the in one of the corners of the screen, you couldn't even tell who was playing.
1: No, no, you couldn't." it was yeah i don't know that was that was an odd odd no. choice so um well i know that uh it's not really basketball season but we do have a little bit of basketball going on i'm probably one of the only people in america that gives a shit but uh the fiba world cup i would say that yeah the fiba world cup uh is going to be played in china starting this weekend uh, it starts uh like friday night saturday morning late here uh our time uh, Team USA is in uh, a Group E with Japan, Turkey, and the Czech Republic. Um, you know, we got a little, we got some Bucks, uh flavor going on. Uh, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, both on Team USA. Uh, Giannis and his brother Thanasis on Team Greece. And uh, Ersan is on Turkey. So, um, you know, maybe if it rains this weekend and you're tired and the Cubs start beating the Brewers' brains in, you can flick over to... I don't know what channel it's even on, and maybe you can maybe you no, can catch Giannis no, smashing smashing well, on some Romanian dude's head or something.
0: Answer me this: Are we on to like the the thirtieth and thirty first choices for Team USA? I mean, yeah, it yeah. seemed like a you know for the last three weeks, it, 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 there was a new headline every day about which guy was not going to play for the team.
1: Well, and, and uh, the the best player on the team right now is probably either Kemba Walker or Donovan Mitchell and I would say those guys are mid-20s if you were ranking every guy in the NBA they're probably mid-20s I mean Kemba Walker was an all-star last year in the east um, but you know these are not necessarily going
0: to take you to the FIBA championship
1: well they could win this tournament um, but you know it's you know, it's one of those things. It's 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 not the high profile stuff. It's not the Olympics, so you're not going to get the big stars to go. Um, I it, it is uh, it is nice for some of the younger, up and coming NBA guys to get a chance to go over and play. It's it's cool for us as Buck fans to have a couple bucks over there. But sure. you know, they did lose to Australia the other night in an exhibition game, and Australia Australia's a nice team. I mean, they start five NBA players, but. Um, if this USA team comes home with anything but a uh, a win in this in this tournament, I think there's uh, there's going to be a lot of heads rolling. So we'll we'll see what happens.
0: All right. Well, you you can you can catch me up to yeah, date on that. I'll, I'll be sure to fill we'll you talk. in.
1: You'll be waiting with bated yeah, breath. Thank you. Yeah,
0: I, I really yeah. will be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, man. You got anything else?
0: Nope, I don't. It was uh, it was just a pleasure to be back at it, and uh, I'm glad you made a, a little investment in a little equipment so that we can do this when we can't hook up uh, in your little studio. Um, but I can get on the horn, and we can still do this thing because I have missed doing it. Um, you know, I know I've been gone for 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 a couple of months, but I'm glad that that we can get back at it at least in some form.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll, you know, now that we, uh, hopefully this will turn out well and, and we've, we can figure out the phone part and, and, uh, there'll be some mm-hmm. nights when we can get together in person and, uh, Yep. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, uh, next week uh, we'll try to do a little bit more in depth kind of NFL preview. We'll 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 stay away from uh, basketball, and you know, we'll probably touch on the Brewers a little bit, but try to be uh, football heavy. Maybe give our preseason predictions, our Super Bowl predictions, and uh, you know, kind of see uh, kind of see what happens.
0: Right on. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it, buddy.
1: All right, bud. We'll talk to you next week.
0: All right. Take it easy.
1: All right, that is the new and improved Intentional Foul Podcast. We will be back. I think we're going to start trying to record on Monday nights uh, just to uh, kind of get a little bit closer, especially during the football season, so everything's kind of fresh in everybody's mind when we're talking about this. So, uh, so yeah, give us uh, give us some feedback. Um, check us out. You can download us anywhere you download podcasts, iTunes, anything like that. Uh, we are on Twitter. I am Dan Saunders, at Dan Saunders 104. He is at Josh Goldberg and you can hit us up on Facebook as well. So uh, any comments, questions, rude remarks? Uh, let us know. Until then, we will check you next week. Thanks for listening.